This session will cover indications for enteral feeding, total parenteral nutrition, and finally peripheral parenteral nutrition. And we're going to be discussing um, each of these three along three separate axes. First, we're going to be talking about your indications, second, your advantages, and finally, your disadvantages. So let's start with our first category, which is enteral feeding. The indications here. Here, you want to look for whether or not nutritional needs cannot be met through oral feeding and supplements. And the advantages of enteral feeding um, are that the procedure, I'm sorry, the procedure, the method is less invasive. There's a lower incidence of infectious complications. Um, this allows the practitioner to preserve mucosal immunity and bowel integrity in the patient. And finally, there's going to be a more rapid transition to regular oral feeding. Your disadvantages. Um, you have to consider that Enteral feeding requires a functional GI tract. Um, it also requires tube placement and is associated with an increased incidence of aspiration, although the risk may be lower with jejual uh, compared to gastric tubes. This brings us to our second category, which is total parenteral nutrition. Um, what are the indications for this method? Um, well, there needs to be a long-term need. Here we're talking about longer than one to two weeks for supplemental or replacement nutrition, and the patient has to be unable to use her or his GI tract. Um, advantages. Um, it is convenient for long-term therapy, um, if that is possible, and that's, again, um, reflected in the indications, but there are um, a myriad of disadvantages. First, you have to consider that there is there has to be a need for maintenance of central venous access, um, and catheter-related infection complications can develop. Here, there's a 2 to 3 percent, but again, um, catheter infections are common in the hospital uh, medicine setting. Uh, second, um, catheter-related thrombosis um, can develop, and finally, there can be um, a 50 percent chance of metabolic complications developing down the road. So this brings us to our third category, and this is going to be peripheral parenteral nutrition. What are our indicators here? Well, the patient is going to have a short-term need um, for this feeding device, and here we're talking about less than one to two weeks, um, for supplemental or replacement nutrition, and she or he is going to be unable to use her or his GI tract. Um, what are the advantages of parent, peripheral parenteral nutrition? Well, the method does not require central venous access. And finally, when it comes to your disadvantages for PPN, um, this is effective only as a short-term option, again, one through two weeks, but I told you that in the indication portion. And finally, um, there's going to be um, large volume infusion as well. And that concludes this short session on the indications for enteral feeding um, total parenteral nutrition, and peripheral parenteral nutrition.